podcast growling, mean and angry, hear that local shouting, it's Dana and James Rapine. It's Dana and Jeff Zrebeck. All right, welcome into the latest edition here that podcast. Growlin Paul Inner Jr. of The Athletic with you. Wild card Thursday every week. You never know who it's going to be. You never know where we're going to go. And by the intro, you know the people that you're going to hear from on this show. And that is who's with me here right now from Locked on Bengals Sports Illustrated. Anywhere you can, you can find them everywhere, basically. Since any Bengals talk, there's so many. There's so many places. James Rapine, what's up, buddy? What's up, Paul? How are you? Two weeks in a row, really, because you were at 50 West with us last week where we did some we did some hot takes. We had to, we had we, we, we did some Saturday night take crafting. Hey, and, and it went is, well. the, is the Justin Jefferson take dead yet? Did he sign? An it's extension? not dead. It, it, oh, it, it actually it, got a little it got a little life breathed into it. Did it ooh, not? A little oxygen, huh? A little oxygen. <laughs> oh, and one Vikings, huh? Oh, catchless T. A little oh. bit, of, a little bit of animosity potentially between ooh. team and player. Couldn't get it done. Gonna flip ooh. it over. All right, so how Just about saying. Thanks for uh, what uh, we've got. We got a bunch of <laughs> stuff to get to. James is here. Super excited about that. Jeff Zrebeck, uh, our guy in Baltimore, going to join here in a little bit. We'll talk specifically from the Ravens point of view. Looking forward to that. Um, but I want to say you know, James has uh, a book. You've got a book. It's you know, we're, it's right over your shoulder here or over your top of your head. Actually, it's kind of sitting on your head. Enter the jungle. It's out. I hope people go and get it you can go to cincinnatibanglesbook.com or i got a better idea for you tomorrow night friday night at the holy grail it's the book signing party james will write whatever you want inside of the book literally i mean anything right that's not incriminating i i I, correct yeah i mean there's (laughs) there's a few things i might not write um but yes for the most part yes i would do that sign a book he'll sign your baby you know, because somebody's gonna somebody's gonna try to bring their baby into because every bar, you know, someone's trying to bring you sign it, sign a baby uh, in the arm. Done. Yeah, absolutely. Take photos yeah. with babies. I love babies. So yes, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll do that. And uh, there's plenty of pictures in this book that you could show your baby uh, about the Bengals and and teach your baby about the history of the Bengals. So yeah, it it, it goes hand in hand, of course. Congratulations on the book. It's awesome. Uh, it it. It's just there's so much in there. I hope people go and get it and uh, and check it out because it was obviously a a labor of love. It's a lot of work doing something like that. And, uh, you know, great stuff. Congratulations. And I hope everybody gets down there, gets themselves a copy, takes a picture with James because, you know, that's what they like to do. Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, a heck of a process. I've never uh, obviously never gone through it. But um, there, there was basically no off season. Paul is is, no. is what it, what it came down. You committed to, to no off season. Good for you. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I think it's worth it, and I think Bengals fans are really going to enjoy it. So yeah, hopefully we'll see you Friday. If not, like Paul said, CincinnatiBengalsBook.com, and I will certainly sign your book, even if you get it shipped to you. We can make that work. It's not like I'm going anywhere. So. We know all you people are going to be downtown anyway. You're going to be down there getting ready to get your drink on at Oktoberfest or at the Nationals Homecoming Festival. Uh, There's all kinds of stuff going on. So get on down there. Get on down there and uh, stop on if you're down there. Um, Let's go. I want to tick through some news. We're going to to talk Burrow. 
um and and kind of because we have to you know we both have books with his face on the cover over our shoulders so we have to but i i he's in an, it's just an interesting spot for him and i think it's we'll get there let me start with the let's start with ticking through news the big news was that lil collins move happened um this this week and you know the it wasn't to me, James, that this happened. I think we've been talking about forever. This was obvious. I mean, he's been a cut candidate since I, I, I actually wrote about this the day after his injury. We may have just seen yeah. the last snap of Lel Collins when you consider coming back from an ACL, played through the back, 30 year year 30, right? I mean, he's he's uh didn't pass protect particularly well last year anyway what were they gonna do so it was just a matter of the peculiar thing was you thought maybe they opted to go for the expensive backup tackle insurance when he made it through final cuts the timing of it was weird did anything else stand out to you about this that for sure the fact that he made it through final cuts he was on the pup list throughout. It felt like he had a good relationship with the staff and vice versa. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times Lel said how much in, in private conversations, how much he loved playing for Zach. And in part of last year was the, the player friendly side of it where he didn't practice. He was getting the Andrew Whitworth treatment to a degree where he didn't necessarily have to suit up on Wednesdays. And they were just trying to get him to Sunday and game day. And there were flashes but what stinks is it didn't live up to the hype of, of him when he signed, people chasing him in Kenwood Mall, me living close enough to Kenwood Mall to where I literally considered going to the mall when I saw photos of him on social media. Like I, I literally thought about it for a second. And then I took a st- step back and realized how stupid that was. But Lyle Collins mania was like a real thing once upon a time. And deep down, I was I was sort of hoping that he'd be able to recover from this ACL and potentially contribute at some point this season. That said, recover from an ACL, all of the injuries, and then another qualifier potentially contribute. How much better is he than what's there? I think he's a bigger name. But when you you go back and you look at his entire 2022 season, I, I do think that there are some questions about how effective he can be. And so I get it from a money standpoint. And we'll see if anyone else scoops him up. But the Bengals essentially cleared. We'll see if there's an injury settlement, but essentially cleared $14 million of cap space this year and next year combined. They probably roll over what they save this year into next year. I get the strategy, especially with the guys you want to pay. All you have to ask yourself, do you want, and everyone's using T Higgins, but now the Bengals have cap space for Chidobe Awuzie if they think they need to keep him around or DJ Reader if they want to go that route or outside free agent number one that they need to go get like that cap space matters a ton. And, and so I get the logic that, in why they did what they did. Yeah. I mean, there was the number that I kept coming back to is that you're going to pay Jonah Williams and Lil Collins, you know, $22 million in cap space for one year. You're going to have them both. It just seemed like there was no way both could exist. And then we sort of talked ourselves into it when we talked about, well, depth in the playoffs like this is exactly why they play with a backup right tackle the last two years in january so why not dedicate yourself i think part of this is deontay smith making them a little more comfortable in in what they had there and then the other part is you mentioned it i mean 
yeah, you save $7.7 million this year. You got another seven next year that I don't think that he was going to come back next year anyway. But, you know, the idea of, okay, you're a little more comfortable with that. Maybe if no one swoops him up, maybe there's a chance that down the line, if you really got beat up at that position, you could consider or reopen that conversation. And maybe he could come back. It's not like it totally has to close the door. It closes the door on him playing at that number which was a number that just wasn't going to make a ton of sense for the value that uh he provided and they have a great relationship with his agent we know Mm -hmm. that he's represented a ton of Bengals players over the years and so yeah I, i think that part could happen and what you do is you free up that space while also keeping the door cracked because i'm not sure lel collins's door is going to get beat down we'll see i i know for example the patriots were interested in 2022 before he signed with the Bengals. Is that a place he wants to go? Does he want to just kind of hang out there and, and get fully healthy? I think he's going to get fully healthy before he signs and still probably a few weeks to a month, month and a half away from being back to the the normal Lyle Collins, at least in his mind. Yeah. To me, that feels like a Thanksgiving Halloween, you know, somewhere in November where some teams are ha- are beat up and are like, okay, Collins is healthy. He, he comes in, he will start working out to prove that he's healthy and somebody is going to land him at that point and we'll see how that goes. But remember, I mean, people stayed away from him when he was a free agent. He was not a pot. I mean, there was a reason that he was just sitting there and the Bengals were one of the lone people interested. Uh, there, there weren't a lot of people looking for him even then. So we'll see how that plays out. But, um, you know, certainly the timing, the most interesting part um, of all no of doubt. that um, th- uh, this weekend, AJ Green's coming back. It'll be cool. Uh, they have him back as the Ravens killer. Of course, more importantly, OU marching 110 at halftime. Really <laughs> opener, big game, Ravens, talk all you want. Marching one ten is going to be there, so make sure you don't don't go getting a drink at halftime. All right, it's it's, it's no. Weird. I'm gonna it's worth I'm it. gonna be eating Skyline at halftime. That's true. Hopefully, hopefully, I, that's true. Hopefully, hopefully we don't get the man carrying two a giant tub of cheese across the uh the the, the press room because yeah, that was the, one of my oh it was one of my favorite things from the preseason game was the, the yeah that the tub, was a the, uh, the cheese tub preseason walk. preseason fail <laughs> yeah for sure that's all right all right enough about press room food. Um, let's talk about Joe Burrow. I, and I think it's about where he's at in where he's at is a man with a new haircut, which is probably the news that you knew, right? Very exciting news. Joe Burrow's haircut, by the way, is everything's back. Like, you know, Taylor's, you know, you know, Taylor says it's back like a nineties trend. Everything's back like the nineties trend. I, like everybody I knew when I was in high school had his haircut, like the, like that, then in the way he, it got cut is exactly how we all cut it after that. So I know this. I don't even need to talk about it anymore. Anybody that, that was there in the late nineties, you knew we've seen this before. It's okay. It's a good cut, but he did it because he had a bad game. Partially. He says it wasn't good, you know, but I feel like what you're seeing right now from Joe Burrow is why you love Joe Burrow. You believe he will bounce back. He always seems to find a way to bounce back. And that's where we're at now with him is like, okay, what was that? And what is going to happen next? Some quarterbacks, you never know what's going to happen next. I feel like you kind of know what's going to happen next with Joe. And he addressed that specifically yesterday, which I want to bring in right now. I asked Coach Callahan, what's your life a week after a bad game? He said exactly the way you're like a week after a good game. 
Is that true? Is that how you are this week? Yeah, I would. I would like to think so. Uh, like I said, long season. You know, everybody, everybody's got bad games. Uh, that's going to happen. And what makes you who you are, and hopefully makes you the player that that you are, is how you respond to to games like that, and how consistent can you be afterwards. I mean, I expect a bounce back. I thought he was going to play well in Cleveland, though. I mean, my expectations were high. And it was it was sort of the perfect storm, including the bad hair. And now we can say it because it's gone. The hair was too long and it was rough. Yes. And and I get it. Headband Joe and he was leaning into it. That can be OTA Joe, uh, but it doesn't necessarily need to continue to grow throughout uh, OTAs into the regular season. So uh, good thing he got a haircut. It was long overdue. Even if they had crushed the Browns, I would have said do it. But. Yeah, you expect him to bounce back. And I think that the most interesting thing about this position is you're a lot of people are expecting him to bounce back, but against it's against a team and specifically a defensive coordinator that has Joe's number. Three games last year held this offense in check. It wasn't just one game. And that the, the coin flip game at the end of the regular season got tighter than it felt like it should have been. And, and maybe the Bengals let off the gas. I think that was the kind of the mindset. Okay, well, then what happened the next week? When the the Hubbard yard dash was was the difference maker, and this offense really couldn't get rolling against a Ravens defense. Now Baltimore has some injuries, but I am curious to see how Burrow and company respond to Mike McDonald's defense round four, because usually he figures it out and can solve the riddle and and, and can put up big points on anyone. And this is kind of the time where where you need him to not only bounce back from last week, but play his best against the Ravens and. Uh, really since the 2021 season. There's a lot on his plate. I mean, you're trying to figure out what the hell happened last week. You're still trying to figure out, you know, this Ravens defense. And oh, by the way, we continue to get wishy-washy vagueness about the calf. Mm-hmm. Continue. Yet to get any sign that this is not on the mind. Yesterday, it was it was after the game. Obviously a little sore, but felt good, he says. Talking about scrambling, quote, we're feeling it out. Silence hovers over the room as that's the end of the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is what the, this has been the case after the game. Uh, good enough. Mm-hmm. Last week, it's a process. It's they're still managing it. Uh, this this is where it's at. This is still a thing. OK, mm-hmm. how about this against Cleveland? Uh, do you know how many snaps they took under center last year? They, you know, they're not tops of the league. I mean, they're. They were, I think they were 28th in the league last year in snaps under center. Uh, on average per game, 14, right? Sounds about yeah. right. 14 yeah. per game last year. You know how many they took on Sunday? Zero. Two kneels by Jake Browning. There you go. Okay. Oh, I knew Burrow was zero. Burrow so was zero. Burrow was zero. And, you know, having to do that movement. We talked about his lack of aggression in in flushing forward or going. I mean, all the, this is I'm not trying to look back at Cleveland, but like this is still a thing. Mm-hmm. And so now you have you have the calf. You have what happened last week. You have trying to fix the Ravens. Uh, you know, that's just a lot of stuff that's on your plate as you're going into this really big game, trying to not start 0-2 again. And 0-2. I, I don't care what you say. Starting 0-2 and starting 0-2 in the division for a second straight year, which they did last year, losing to the Ravens the first time around, it uh, it's a, a huge hole to dig out of. 
And I know they did it last year, but it's, you don't want to be in that position again. And and that's why I asked Joe a pretty simple question about it, but I think they know the importance of not starting 0-2 again, but you're right. The, the under center stuff, we saw that in the off season, like OTAs, it was play action mania where he's under center and they're, they're rolling with the play action. And I was like, Oh, is this going to be at least a wrinkle in this offense that they lean on at times? So you you do wonder uh, about the calf and, and, and how, how much it's limiting him slash hurting him, impacting him. That's his plant foot. And he's such a mechanical freak where his, he's, he goes through his routine and his mechanics have to be this way. And he throws that way. It's not like he's the, the Justin Herbert off platform type guy like Mahomes. He does some of that, but not to that degree. It's more about his mechanics. And so I, I do wonder if it's impacting him. The thing is though, Paul, just looking, and I know we only observe the individual periods of practice, but even on Wednesday, it looked fine. The juice on the arm was fine. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like it wasn't there. Warm-ups on Sunday in Cleveland were fine. Did did the weather impact his confidence in planting on that and putting weight on that calf? All of those things. Did he slip? Did he do something where he's like, oh no, and, and not trust it? I, I don't know. And I'm not trying to make excuses. It's just weird because what we saw Sunday was not what we've seen on, on other days that said, we haven't seen him run from defenders either. And so maybe that's it. Maybe he's just not as close to 100% as, as I thought, at least, you know, I'm willing to give you that the end of the year, we'll look back and be like, Oh yeah. The, like the rain game in Cleveland was bad. And then it's just, and that's the footnote about that. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to say it. the problem is, you know, when, when you have, they're blitzing the hell out of them and you can't move the pocket, you know, you're not, yeah. You're not willing to move the pocket with him yet because the field's wet. You know, the one of the doctors that I talked to for the calf story was tweeting about how these conditions in Cleveland are disastrous for Burrow because that's how you have recurrence. That's how you don't feel comfortable uh, on a lower extremity injury is when the field is like that. And so that's that's part of it. And and so I think you're willing to say put that to the side and you think things can be a lot better. I just I do want to break out some of the Burrow bounce back so he's had uh let's see seven games now with a passer rating uh under 75 in his career i mean the 52.2 was the worst by a long shot of course that he had on sunday but you look at uh the the his worst three pass rating games of his career all in week one there you go right wow not not a coincidence i'm not a passer rating guy but it is a metric that gives you some sense okay sure um but so week Week one against Pittsburgh last year was his worst of his career previously. Next week at Dallas, it was better, 89.9. We know they took an L. There were still issues there, but he was better. His first of his first game of his career against the Chargers was 66.1. The next week uh, at Cleveland, that game where he threw it a million times, 90.6. He had three touchdowns and no interceptions. They still lost. Um, week two was, by the way, the next one. So it was three week ones and a week two was the next one. At Chicago, people remember that from the twenty one season. Oh yeah. Next Rough. week he was he was awesome uh in Pittsburgh the next week, one twenty two point nine in a twenty four ten win. Uh week five of twenty twenty, the first, when he learned about Baltimore's blitzing for the first time at sixty six point four. The next week at Indianapolis, uh that game where they went up twenty one to nothing, he was great. Yep. Maybe his first breakout game as a pro. Uh, then you have week nine of 21. They get housed by Cleveland. He's not very good. The next week at Vegas, big win, really efficient win, 92.3 in that game. Uh, and then the the next one was 
week 12 of 2021 against the Chargers. They, they lose by a bunch. Next week has, I would argue, the best game of his career against San Francisco, uh, where even though they lost, he was unbelievable in that game. He put the cape on. Put yeah, the cape on. The cape it was, I mean, it was unbelievable. If you the Peyton Manning detail of that game is is incredible. But I, my point is, it's all right there. Like you see these bounce backs so often from him, uh, where you, you don't you don't worry about it anymore. But this this one is interesting. This one is more interesting because there's so many other things kind of on his plate right now let's take a quick break here for a second um and bring in jeff zrebeck and we'll hear from him about everything happening on the baltimore side of things and then james and i will come back and we'll uh offer some predictions and wrap this baby up all right now we're uh, checking in in baltimore very excited about this we can bring in our good friend and yours jeff zrebeck what's going on jeff not much paul happy to join you i look forward to catching up this weekend yeah, you know, uh, when the Ravens go on the road and the Bengals play at home, they just play each other. That's <laughs> three in a row yeah. uh, for these teams. We're getting used to it. Uh, I mean, three I, times in eight months, too, you know? know? It's unbelievable, but, you know, it's kind of been fitting because I think coming into the year, even in the crowded AFC North that is maybe jumbled after week one, these two were thought as maybe a cut above uh, slightly the other two. I don't know if that's still the same when you consider the openers, but what's sort of the general state of uh, buzz and expectations with the Ravens entering this season? Yeah, I, I think there was, um, you know, there's a good bit of buzz and excitement about this team in the area heading into the season. Um, part of it was the Lamar Jackson contract was finally done. And that had just been a black cloud in the organization for over a year that had challenged a lot of people. It became a source of great frustration uh, for the fan base and, uh, you know, for team officials, too. So um, people were excited that that was over. People were very excited that they didn't have to watch Greg Roman call plays anymore, fair or unfair. He had sort of been a lightning rod for criticism, and they brought in Todd Munkin, who, you know, is the offensive coordinator for back-to-back national champions at Georgia. And then people are really excited about the wide receiver makeover. I mean, for years, um, and it stuck out because, you know, the Bengals uh, have been really good at developing their young receivers and getting studs there. And the Steelers have made a, a history of it. They're always developing young. Ravens have just swung and missed repeatedly at the position every year. So uh, between Odell Beckham acquiring, uh, you know, signing him, signing Nelson Aguilar, drafting Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman and Duvernay are back healthy. This probably was the most talented receiving core they've had, and maybe in franchise history, to be honest with you. So I think people were very excited about the team. Did their week one performance take a little starch uh, out of it? Uh, maybe a little. I mean, I, I think it had to be expected how sloppy they were offensively, given all the changes they made. Uh, but the biggest thing that was the downer uh, for them and, and, and a sort of, created some angst this week was just the injuries i mean they uh you know they they felt really good about their injury situation heading into week one um yeah marlon humphrey was out with foot surgery but he was expected back early in the season mark andrews missed a game he was expected back probably you know week two uh but otherwise they felt really good and then bang you know they lose four key starters 
Um, we'll see about their availability. I think at least three are certainly out. Uh, Dobbins is obviously done for the season. Marcus Williams may be two. So, um, you know, I think that took a little starch out of them and gave uh, kind of one of these here we go again vibes, as we know, has been hit hard in recent years by injuries. Well, right. I feel like every time uh, we're previewing this, I'm looking at the Bengals Ravens game. I'm talking about how beat up they are and who yeah. the backups are. It's like it's just been common in yeah. this series where it's like the Ravens have been beat up and the Bengals have been generally healthy. It seems like uh, when they, when they've played these games for the most part, it's, I mean, what's the big, I mean, is the line, is it Stanley and Linderbaum with the biggest ripple effect that just the combo of the two? Yeah. You know, the Ravens offensive line struggled last week with those guys in there. Uh, Linderbaum didn't, he, he, he was probably their best lineman, but losing two out of their starting two of their five linemen, um, and then they also have sort of, uh, you know, a left guard in John Simpson who, you know, won the job, uh, you know, he's let go by the Raiders last year. He won the job this year, summer. So he's kind of a question mark. Um, so that's three of the five spots. And, and obviously the Bengals can get after the passer, obviously a DJ reader matchup against Sam Mustafer, uh, you know, a practice squad center right now. Uh, I, I can't imagine the Ravens aren't concerned about there. Never mind Hendrickson going against a uh, backup tackle. Um, so, um, look, Linderbaum is as tough as they come. He, you know, it sounds like he's got the high ankle sprain, which is usually a multi-week thing. Um, you know, they're making no pronouncements this week other than saying him and Stanley are probably unlikely. But when John Harbaugh says someone's unlikely, you can probably put that in pen because there's been guys who have been out for three or four weeks that he hasn't ruled out. So, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a concern, the offensive line injuries. And and then the Marcus Williams one, I don't think will get a lot of play nationally. But uh, he's one of their best defensive players. And I think in this matchup in particular, He's kind of the the center field guy. He's the guy that, you know, prevents balls from getting thrown over the defensive's head, which we've seen in the past. Obviously, we know the Bengals and their talented receivers. And he also allows them to use other safety, Kyle Hamilton, in matchup situations. Get him close to the line of scrimmage, line him up against tight ends, line him up in the slot as a big nickel. Uh, I don't know if they can do that with no Marcus Williams. And, and we know Marcus Williams will not be out there Sunday for sure. Um. On the offensive side, you mentioned Todd Munkin being here and Lamar being back. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the biggest difference? What's the is there a schematic shift uh, that's away from more of the running stuff? Then is that a safe assumption to to see? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, uh, and and our colleague Robert Mays did a tweet yesterday. I mean, they were they had three receivers on the field a lot. They they didn't use that formation barely at all last year. Um, they're quicking up the pace a little, um, you know, last year play clock problems. They would snap the ball one or two seconds left. They were just kind of a slow moving offense. Um, you know, th- this year they're trying to quicken up the pace, play a little quicker. They're also trying to take more shots and just challenge every area of the field rather than being as run reliant, um, and, and, you know, Lamar Jackson's made it clear he, he does not want to run. I mean, it doesn't mean he won't, but we saw sometimes against the Texans where he had lanes and he stayed in the pocket. And I know 
at least one of the Texans players was saying how much that played in their favor. Um, but Lamar does not want to be that guy who's running a whole lot. And they, you know, I think they had one design run with Lamar Jackson last week. Um, now, could that have been, okay, we're playing the Texans. We don't need to really, you know, we have three division games in the next four weeks. We really don't need to run Lamar. Okay. I mean, you could probably make a case that could have been part of it, but I do think the offense as a whole calls for less Lamar Jackson running and just more getting the ball and playmakers hands and, and trying to work the perimeter and try to take shots. I mean, you know, Zay Flowers got 11 touches as a rookie hmm. in his first NFL game. I mean, you've watched the Ravens enough to know there's not receivers too often getting 11 touches in, in recent years in this offense. So, yeah, it's they want to be more dynamic, more explosive. Paul, it's a very much a work in progress. They they struggled. this If they weren't playing somebody other than the Texans, and I think the Texans are going to be okay in the long run, but they're not ready to compete right now. I think they would have been a good bit of trouble because they were rusty offensively. There was confusion. Uh, Lamar didn't get protected too well. Uh, he was a little rocky with his ball security. So uh, we'll see how much more comfortable they get in one week. But they did not play anybody in the preseason, and they're in a brand-new offense, and it certainly showed last week. Rust, confusion, protection issues, no playing in the preseason. <laughs> Sounds very familiar to what we've been talking about here uh, in Cincinnati uh, after the, the debacle in Cleveland. Um, to kind of wrap it up, I mean, the defense, do they have enough juice in the pass rush right now? I mean, it's it, is there enough where they feel comfortable to be those Ravens defenses uh, of the past? That's definitely a concern. That and, you know, you don't have Marlon Humphrey either you don't have your top cornerback now he should be back in maybe a week or so but doesn't look like he's gonna play Sunday um you know you'd like to think and and you know just hearing about the Browns it sounded like they were really physical at the line of scrimmage and getting their hands on receivers and then you trust their their front to get that kind of pressure I don't know if the Ravens have that kind of front I mean they have some guys that can get after it I mean Clowney looks like he has some juice he's not you know Jadavion Clowney of nine, 10 sack guy, but he looks like he has some juice. I mean, a Jabo had a strip sack last week. Um, Owe has really come on, and I'm kind of interested to see that Owe Orlando Brown matchup because they technically were traded for each other. I mean, hmm. Owe's the pick the Ravens used when they trade Orlando Brown to the Chiefs. So um, they got some guys, uh, Paul, but there's not that one 10 sack guy that you can just write in ink. Uh, that they have they're depending a lot on young guys to grow and they think in the long run they'll be fine uh, but certainly the start of the season with the Humphreys unavailability combined with question marks of the pass rush there were a little more defensive concerns this year that, than there have been the recent past year how do you think Sunday goes I you know I I picked the the Bengals by 10 um, 27, 17, I believe. Um, I just, I, I, I think, first of all, I, I just think the Bengals will rebound and Joe Burrow will rebound. I'm sure the Ravens will have their full attention. They always do. Um, I think the Ravens defense will make life tough at times on Burrow and, and the Bengals. I mean, the Ravens played them really tough defensively last year. I mean, even with down guys at different points. But I think the Ravens offense is going to struggle for a while. I just don't see it flipping the switch and and cleaning up so many of the errors. I mean, I think to go on the road and to beat a team like Cincinnati 
um, you need to kind of need to be clicking. And I, I think it'll be several weeks before the Ravens are clicking well enough on offense. Uh, so I just think kind of offensively mistakes and not being able to, you know, consistently finish and, and, and score points. I think that'll kind of ultimately doom the Ravens on us uh, on this week. Well, I appreciate it, Jeff. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the press box. Uh, we they have they have switched the old stuff out. It's not gold star. It's the good stuff. Skyline oh. is officially here at halftime now. Nice, good news nice. for all the opposing beat writers to get <laughs> to get the good stuff. Uh, so look forward to seeing you there, and uh, have a safe trip in. We'll talk to you this weekend. Sounds good, Paul. Always enjoy talking to you. All right, much thanks to uh, Jeff for giving us everything inside of what's going on in Baltimore, a fascinating place in the NFL anymore. Um, Let's let's do this. I'm going to start off. You know, we do our Arby's segment here, which is any related Bengals insight, extras, or stories. It started with Jay. He gave us our blessing to continue to use Arby's as our acronym. Stories from the beat. Weird stuff that happens. Do you have any uh <laughs> do you have any any good Arby's? Any good stories from the last uh last week? Oh man. Well, the 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 scramble drill that we did. After the Burrow deals announced, I, I, certainly that I was doing, I actually don't even know what the hell you guys were doing. If anything, I didn't really notice anybody after that. Certainly, certainly. I mean, my favorite is to look over and see you with your your phone camera set up with sand volleyball in the background behind you, just firing off to firing off the uh, the news. Boom! That's it. I I, I had everything ready. I jogged to the car, got my tripod. Let's roll. Here's the mic. It's no problem. And uh yeah, there were a couple of uh of, of Bengals fans like, hey, like like right before uh looking and afterwards they were like, How did you do that with the kids around? And I'm like, Hey, it's it's Joe Burrow's extension. You do what you gotta do. You do what you gotta and do. There, there's 275 million reasons why we're doing it right now and not waiting a half hour. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, incredible, incredible versatility by you in the moment to just look, sometimes you got to have a bad sand volleyball game happening behind you. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Saturday night in Cleveland. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, I got to say that uh, you, 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 you owe, you owe me one. You owe me one. We, we went from dinner to the yeah. uh, bar that we were going to. We were down in the flats. We ate in the flats. It was nice. You found a great place. Enjoyed it. Uh, Collision Brewing. Shout out to them for for serving good food and some good beers. And we went to the uh, a place a couple doors down. But you had to, you had stayed back or you had take, you had gone back with, with Quinn. We went back, took the baby back to the hotel, right? Make sure everything, yep. that's what they, come back. We're all inside. The line to get in somehow had grown, like, exponentially since we went in i don't know why all of a sudden i get a call and you're like i'm in the back of some line i'm never gonna get in here and i'm yeah i was out i was like are you guys coming out can we go somewhere else or (laughs) i'm out but when (laughs) i was in situations like this you know what you do you lean on jay morrison because he knows i was like james says he's stuck in this line and jay's like just go up to the bouncer Tell him you got a buddy coming in and just I tell him to walk confidently and come right by you. I'm like, all right. So I did. I was like, look, uh, I I I might have I might have fibbed on the number. Look, we got like 14 guys in here, and one my one buddy is stuck outside. It wasn't 14, it was like six, six of us. But my one buddy's at the back of the line. Can he just walk through here? It's oh yeah, sure. Didn't want to mess with it. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And there you came confidently around the corner. Boom. You had Jay on the phone. Jay's like, I think he's getting you in. 
That was it. It was and you got easy. in and you got in I, past the line and past everybody. Nobody gets people to the front like one Jay Morrison. You guys are clutch. I agree. I do owe you more than one. And um, it, it was it was the easiest stroll ever. Mm-hmm. And and looking at the line, I literally had already come to the conclusion. All right. If they don't meet up with me, it's over. I guess I just walked down here from the hotel for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I guess this is it. The trip yes. is, is, you know, go back to the hotel and get ready for the game. And um, no, the, the night was just getting started. So, yeah, it was uh, that was a good one. I, I wish I would have taken a video or a picture of the line to give people an idea. <laughs> and and I, I think at that point in the night, too, there was a cover charge because there, yeah. there was live music. And so there wasn't when you guys walked in, but there became a they made it a cover charge. And not only did I not have a cover, but I, I certainly didn't have to uh, wait in no. that long line, which of the two, the line was the worst part, no doubt. No question. Uh, I did enjoy the faces of everybody that was standing in the line watching you stroll by as I sort of waved you in and be like, how, how did that happen? But hey, look, when you're when you're when you're strong like you are, you just walk wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to Bengals Growler Bet. Bengals Growler Bet is back. Uh, and it is, you can send your answers to me at hashtag Bengals Growler Bet on Twitter or email me P Daner, P D E H N E R at theathletic.com. Send in your answers with the word growler in the subject header. If it's not there, you will not win because I will not see it. Get too many emails. So this week's Bengals Growler Bet question is, you know, I just went through a bunch of Joe Burrow bounce back passer ratings for you. Uh, what will Joe Burrow's passer rating be on Sunday? It's one decimal point. Uh, so it's not an easy one, but it's a simple one to get us started. It's kind of a softball to get us started. Usually we like complicated Bengals growler bets this week, early in the season. Let's go simple. Joe Burrow's passer rating on Sunday, hashtag Bengals growler bet or P Daner at the James, what is your prediction for Joe Burrow's passer rating on Sunday? See, I thought it was going to be what's more, the number of unread emails in your inbox or every passer rating of Joe Burrow's career combined. And I would have went with your inbox by far. Oh, no question. Let's see. You number. Currently 65,455. It's unbelievable that you have the same <laughs> amount of emails as Joe Burrow has dollars in his bank account. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty close, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to perform well. This defense is certainly beat up. I think no Marlon Humphrey is huge and and I don't anticipate him playing watch will play now, but I I don't expect him to play. The secondary is beat up. They don't have the pass rush that they've had in the past. And so I think Burrow does bounce back and and figures out this Ravens defense partially because the Ravens, even though they have Roquan Smith and some of the horses, they don't have all of the horses that they had at the end of last season. I'll be optimistic here. One Oh one. 101.9. 101.9. That is that's that's a that's a solid bounce back. I yeah. see. I don't think it's going to be all the way back yet. I think we're going to see a replay of oh. Dallas. Oh, that's oh. not 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 oh, in the man. fact that you what happened in Dallas last year. The first half was bad again, and then you started to see the new formation of the Bengals figuring it out in the second half. Okay, a game that they lost because they fell behind early, 
I'm not saying the game's going to go that way. I think Burrow's going to go that way, where it's going to be better, and you're going to start to see it turning to the level it's going to get to, but it's not going to be all the way back. So I'll just say the same number as Dallas last year, 89.9 for Burrow. 101's all the way back? See, we have different expectations. for I didn't say you said it's all the way back. I'm saying it's not going to be all the way back. I'm not saying 101. I didn't say 125.6 San Francisco's showing up on Sunday. I mean, to me, that would be stunning. Even for even by Burrow standards, that would be what, what that would be is the Ravens secondary is just so undermanned. Yeah, that they just can't get, like you'd realize early on, because I think this is going to be a pretty close game. This Ravens offense, I know they're working through some things, but they're dangerous now. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and when do they figure it out? I think that's a big variable in the game. I, I just think Joe. I'm not sure he's going to turn the ball over. I think that's the big part of it. Didn't last week as bad as he was. There weren't many turnover-worthy throws. They were just bad to in yeah. his defense. So bad they they couldn't even be turnovers. No one, no catch one them. was catching. Yeah. No one. <laughs> and and so if he avoids that, there's a couple tutties. One hundred one. Yeah, eighty nine. Eighty nine means he has an interception. Just saying. I think he could have an interception against against that defense for sure. I don't think that's I don't think that's crazy. I, mean, I, I they have me playing safety, but yeah, it's fair. It's all fair. I'm, look. I, I'm, I'm not arguing saying, with you. I'm just having you were talking about Baltimore's defense slowing them down for you know they I have mean, yeah that's so, what's interesting about this matchup to me is like all right can you figure it out now they're down their starting safety they're, they're not gonna have their top corner Mar- Marcus Peters isn't there anymore you can't say that I mean at some point you got to get right and, and I still don't think they fully get it. it's not like I I'm expecting them to put up a 35 spot on the Ravens I, I don't necessarily think they do that either no I think let's get into predictions here. Um, I have one prediction I'll state before you say yours. The final will be 20 to 17. I don't know who will win. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just feel like that's the style these teams play. Wow. The, the Ravens limit the possessions. They play tough defense and make you have long drives. They're, they keep it in front of them. And I don't know. Maybe they'll be more blitz happy. They're more, they've been more blitz happy a little bit. Cleveland got head success. They're going to blitz Burrow until he proves he can get off the spot comfortably. I would see more of that than you would normally expect from the Ravens probably. I, I it's, Points are going to be tough to come by. Field goals will be a thing. I just think that it's going to be – close and lower scoring because that's just the way these teams kind of play. How do you think it plays out? What's 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 your prediction? I, I think it's I think the over under is 46 or 47. Might be 46 and a half. And mm-hmm. it, you know when when it's like that it varies. I have it right at 47. Uh, I'll say 27 20. I, I get the field goal prediction and I think both teams have have field goals, multiple field goals in this prediction because neither kicker is is likely to miss an extra point. So, yeah, I I think the Bengals probably get it done. Are they really starting zero two again? Like they could maybe, but this is a no Ronnie Stanley, no Tyler Linderbaum, no J.K. Dobbins, Mark Andrews' first game of the year, new look Ravens offense that looked like kind of rough early on in that Texans game, and. I've already mentioned all the injuries in the on defense. Like this is the and you're at home. Like this is a game that the Bengals need to win. Yeah. Is that, is I, that I, fair? I'm not I'm not saying that they don't need to win. I'm saying that 
I just think the Bengals are still going through some stuff too. And no this doubt. is a good Ravens team, even with injuries. They are good. And, I mean, and, and, I, and it's Lamar. Okay. Lamar. Find a way, Lamar. All right. We've seen that show. So I, I'm just, it's the AFC North. These all these games are going to look like this, you know? And and I just I, I I'm not saying that I don't think the Bengals are gonna gonna be able to win or that those things aren't true. I just think it's gonna be a freaking slog again. Because yeah. it's because that's what it is in in this series and in this games. And I just there's a lot on Burrow's plate still. Um, I think I think early and, and look at me about to tell Zach and Brian how to do their job. <laughs> I would not have in my head that it's going to be that. Take your shots. No, I don't like, think that they well, won't try to take their shots, but Baltimore no, but is not one to allow them to do that. There's some game. No, I agree. I'm just saying there's some games where I think they know going in, like, all right, this is Denver a few years ago, where it's like, all right, we know this is going to be just ugly. And so this is what we need to do. This is how we need to prepare. I mean, that, that was one of those Burrow games under 200 yards that they win. And, and, and they've had a lot of those, actually. So... That said, I think that a shot might be there because they're not going to have the the secondary that they're used to having. And so at least try that early. If it doesn't work, your defense should have your back. That's one thing I am confident in, as good as this Ravens offense could be. And I think they're working through some things too, like I said. This Bengals defense is good. Yeah. I mean, they're they're good. They're versatile. I love what they're they're doing in the secondary. Nick Scott, I think, will be even better this week. I think they'll be good. A key, I think, to this game to watch is in the first half, first quarter, a quick drive, a quick stop by the Bengals defense, a turnover to not let it turn into three possessions in the first half, to not let it be there out there in these long drives. Even if they get the stops, you know, I I wrote about sort of how much success they've had in goal to go situations and against the Ravens in particular last year, it saved them in every game. I mean, the Ravens didn't score a touchdown in five goal to go situations against the Bengals last year, which included uh, the Hubbard yard dash. And so that that's fine, but they need to turn to churn it back to your offense, not be dead in that field position thing over and over again, get a short field and, and get up. So you're not, Playing from behind against that. That's the worst thing you can do, just like Cleveland. Yep. Don't play from behind against these teams that are designed to just make it tighten the game, shorten the game, long possessions the way that they are. So that said, I, I do think they find a way. I think they're working their way back, but I do think Burrow eventually, you see it, in the, especially in the second half, start to turn. You see them make plays. Bengals win 20-17. to 17. Uh, McPherson at the gun. Wow. From 48. The scramble. See, those type of games, I know they're exciting, but man, that just means a scramble down to the news conference room. Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. The elevator won't work right because it's the first home game of the regular season. Yeah. And then we're behind. We'll be out in the people people. trying to get down. One of us won't make it. We'll have to leave a man behind. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be awful, you know? But it's the 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 key is getting behind Dave Lapham. Yes. Because he he's recognized, he's got oh, space. People yeah, give him like, space. Hey, move he already is wide. Yes, move. no question. Yes. Let lap through. So you got it. Find find lap and yid and let them. Hey, just like just like back in the day, just like back in the seventies. Let lap plow the path, baby. That's right. Let's go. Uh, all right, James. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, make sure you get out Friday to the Holy Grail. Pick up a pick up a copy of his book. Enter the jungle. You're gonna love it. Awesome stuff. 
great gift for a Bengals fan, great to just have for your house. You name it, it's it's a, a great work. Congratulations to you, James. Go get a copy of the book or get it sent to you, and James will sign it, and he'll even take a picture with you. Paul, you're the man. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for plugging the book, and I will see you Sunday. Yep, looking forward to it. Have a good one.